Hi, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Divided Films. My name is JJ, and with me, as always, is my co-host, Keith. Hello! And joining us on the podcast for the first time is our dear friend, Jordan Tepper. Welcome, Jordan. Hello. Thanks for having me. So glad you could join us today on this really nice fall weekend morning. So uh, today, you know, we figured that Thanksgiving is coming up and uh, we all have food on the mind. And what, what movie has a bigger focus on food and the perspective of food than the 2016 animated comedy Sausage Party? Uh, this this movie falls into the category of having a positive score with critics and a negative score with audiences. So 82% of critics approved, 50% of audiences approved, so a 32% difference there. And uh, the critics' consensus for Sausage Party. Sausage Party is definitely offensive, but backs up its enthusiastic profanity with an impressively high laugh-to-gag ratio and a surprisingly thought-provoking storyline. So I think, obviously, the key word in that consensus is offensive. This movie is definitely aggressively offensive, uh, but not without any... It's not like it's offensive without purpose. It's uh, just going places that a lot of other movies wouldn't go, and, of course, that would definitely turn off some viewers. It's obviously picking up... It's a very um, profanity-laced movie. It's you know, Visually, can be very off-putting for, for some people, and there's a lot of, um, I don't know, like just politically incorrect things going on in Sausage Party. But I think if you go into it knowing what to get, which is, I think, clear from what how this movie marketed itself, you should know whether or not you want to partake in that kind of thing. And I get a sense from reading a lot of audience reviews that some people did not know what they were in for when they went into Sausage Party. I read a lot of funny audience reviews of people who thought this was a kid's film or thought it'd be like a cute little movie about talking food, and they did not get that. Um, so, you know, like, it's like viewer be warned, know what you're getting into. So I think that was a big source of the uh, negative audience score. But, I mean, when I first saw this, even though I was prepared for a very offensive movie, it still kind of surprised me with how offensive it was so uh this is my first time revisiting this movie since then and it's yeah it, uh, it's still just as shocking now as it was back then but what about you jordan had, had you seen this when it first came out i am not positive when i saw it but um it was not in theaters um and i it did not leave a very big mark on me so i revisited it for in preparation of this and I would say I am aware why it didn't leave a big mark. I, I was not a huge fan, so I think I'm on the uh, the audience side, and yeah, you know, could talk definitely further about why. But um... yeah, for sure. <laughs> I feel like the humor is more niche, right? It's just like if if this is something that's aligned with you, it's really going to be hitting it out the park humor-wise. But it's not everyone's cup of tea for sure, and so. Um... Yeah, like when when a movie takes constant big swings and it's and it's missing for you over and over again, I can see how that's not the best experience. Uh, what about you, Keith? Uh, I remember the trailer for this came out. When the trailer came out for this, 
a lot of people were it was a very impressive trailer and i actually like rewatched the trailer in preparation for this and it's still a well-made trailer it gets you excited you see all those names and you're like this is a seth rogan and friends movie and i really enjoyed uh this is us i think that has a lot of rewatchability to me and i was i think i was like all right I was in the vein of you, Jordan. I did see it in theaters, and I walked out going, there was some good, there was some not so good. And then rewatching this, I, I don't know when I'm going to watch it next, but I, it's, not in the, uh, it's not in the future anytime soon. Yeah, I think what's tricky about this, it's not a comedy classic, right? I don't know if it's trying to be, but, I mean, it's a very unique It could have been. <laughs> it could have been. been. I mean, there's definitely memorable moments that stick in my mind, maybe haunt me. I don't know what the right way to say it is. I was say, it definitely feels a bit like an inside joke between everyone in the movie, all the yeah. actors, and, and I'm a little bit on the outside. You know, maybe they were hanging, yeah. they were like they were hanging out, and I thought it was a cool idea, and then right, they're I able mean, to get is, the money. I don't know. This is like the uh, like the Seth Rogen crew, right? They had been basically dominating comedic filmmaking for i would say from the late 2000s up through the mid maybe to late 2010s and this is maybe towards the end of that like really um you know dominant reign on their part and of course you'd always see the same actors recurring in these you know jonah hill james franco uh they bring in guys like danny mcbride a lot uh craig robinson appears in this movie as well and so even in previous films of theirs which do have a more universal humor or appealing to more general audiences, their their movies still are not for everybody, but they definitely have their fan base, I would say. And maybe they're catering more to them in this movie because it's like that humor from those previous movies times 10. It's like almost relentless. And I'm not against a lot of ideas in this movie. I like the idea of adult animated films, things that are more for adults. I think the animation shouldn't be limited to kids. Uh, But... At the same time, it doesn't have to always be this, right? It doesn't always have to be, uh, uh, like, so extreme on the other far end that it's, uh, like, so divisive like this. This is like a mix of I am 14 and I'm so deep and edgelord humor. And I just wasn't... There, You're right, JJ. There's many interesting ideas going on, and I'm like, damn... This could have been a really good comedy classic. It's the first ever R-rated adult comedy like this, or the biggest. You know, had a really good uh, box office, um, but um, really good box office. But I, I, there are a lot of movies that I don't like. It was juvenile, and I don't mean that in a good way. Like I, you know, a lot of movies say fuck, and a lot of good movies say that, and I don't have a problem with it. But this one was just. This one just didn't work for me, and I walked out going like, "I feel old. I feel like this is not my humor anymore." Maybe if I were fourteen, I would. This would be the best movie ever. But yeah, it just didn't hit. This seems to me like the kind of movie that, uh, like maybe when we were in middle school, we would have tried to get someone to rent for us from like the video rental store and watch at a sleepover or something. Like, oh, this is something we definitely are not allowed to see. And I can see myself as like twelve or thirteen years old, really loving this movie. And again, being in that mentality, but I'm, it's and even though they have like a different level to this movie, like there's a lot of um, 
religion in this movie like it's a big it's a surprising subject to tackle for a movie like this uh so i there's like also that level where like oh it is also profound at the same time and uh that's like the kind of thing that would make you feel like you're you're smart and you can be stupid at the same time but at the end of the day do the jokes work or not and uh yeah it's it's so like like for example a lot of the jokes just come from the cursing itself like characters just kind of like spice up the dialogue with like c words and f words and all that kind of stuff for almost like no reason it almost was like they're getting notes like hmm, the dialogue's a little stale let's just throw in some curse words there and it's a little lazy for that well also the how simple some of the humor is with just okay this is this ethnic food it's going to be this ethnic stereotype times 100 uh, yeah. um it was it was like too, a little too simple there and it got kind of old because you you knew where it was going with, with, with most of it so yeah it was obvious right because you have uh like the, the two characters the the jewish bagel and then the middle eastern flatbread <laughs> those are two major characters in this movie so obviously you know what they're going to be tackling with those two characters interesting where they wind up at the end of this movie which mm-hmm. we'll get to but uh it's like they do that joke over and over and over again and uh for me like it's almost if that would be less is more if you did pull back a bit and you just maybe reference oh the jewish bagel and the middle eastern pita they have their war in their their aisle and then you just that was like one quick gag that would work way better but they do the same joke for like the whole movie and uh i don't don't think they really have anything like a new perspective on that topic to bring (laughs) besides the fact that it's the food that's at war instead of the actual people dear gods you're so divine in each and every way to you we pray dear gods we pledge our love to you forevermore we always felt we had a special bond take us to the where we're sure nothing bad happens to food. Yeah, uh, the religion, the religious aspect of it was interesting. There's a lot of interesting ideas in this movie, but I feel like this movie was made by a person who went away to college for a freshman and then came back. I'm like, oh, this is, you know, a religion. This is how everyone should be. And I'm like, I get it. I get it. What is the thing? I'm like, is that your thesis of this movie? And it kind of falls apart if you really think about it. And I don't think they're expecting us to. It's just like it kind of doesn't make sense. And they they're kind of telling it's they're giving you the basic the baseline of what like religion or at least their critique of it in this movie. And it doesn't um, you know, you have the Palestinian and the Jewish bagel. I Ed Norton did a fine job. I actually was he really gave it his all in this movie. (laughs) I didn't realize that was Ed Norton until the the credits. I'm like, that was, I can't imagine doing uh, that voice. I, like, it just was so removed from me. So, I mean, that was maybe a plus. Like, wow. Like, I think he was happy to no be idea. in a comedy. I think he, like, I can't remember the last time he was in, like, a, a comedy like this. So, I think he wanted to give it his all. It was actually before the credits when they had that weird scene where it's right. like, oh, you guys are actors. Uh, or voices by actors and i was like this is, at that point i was completely done with the movie like, <laughs> yeah at, the, at that point like that's like kind of uh an epilogue type scene yeah and just i don't know like you can be meta breaking the fourth wall i'm not surprised this movie goes there seems like another half-baked idea right because mm-hmm. 
why why break the fourth wall at that point what is what is that doing at all except maybe setting up a sequel where maybe you have the the 3d animated food characters in a live action world i I don't know what that's gonna do i would say i would hope they don't make a sequel to (laughs) (laughs) unless unless it's radically different cease Um, and desist yeah um right i I mean uh i think it's i if anything i get more humor out of how offended other people were about this movie reading these audience comments i mean there's a lot of people offended on a religious level so i'm not surprised i feel like this movie might give atheists a bad name (laughs) We're, we're not all this crude and in your face about it but for sure there are people who who find that offensive there's people who are like more prudish, right? Because it's also a very sexual movie, which is. So I remember someone walking food. out. I remember someone walking out uh, at the climax. No pun intended. Uh, right. Also, we I appreciated the puns it. in this movie. I like there were jokes in this movie that made me laugh, and I like BoJack Horseman. I always appreciate puns. Make me laugh. A well placed pun makes me laugh, and you could do that with food. I, if they maybe focus more on like wordplay, there's a lot of potential, I think, in like a parody of, say, a Pixar DreamWorks film about food, and but also still doing cutesy humor. I think that there's potential there. Uh, but in terms of the the sexual nature of this movie, it's it's so wild. Uh, like you have this scene at the end, right? We have to talk about it. It's the orgy scene. It's an infamous scene. And I had heard about this scene before watching it. Someone mentioned, like, yeah, there's, like, this huge orgy scene at the end of Sausage Party. I'm like, what? That's nuts. And then I watched this, and I forgot about the orgy scene until it was starting to happen. I'm like, "Uh uh-oh, here we go. (laughs) I was warned about this. And I guess in one level, it did not disappoint. It lived up to what someone would warn you about. But it goes on for forever, right? That has to be, like, a five-minute scene of just relentless foods having all sorts of like crazy sexual acts on each other. It is so explicit. In fact, so much so that this movie almost got an NC-17 rating. This is so funny to me. The the MPAA, in all its wisdom, was going to give this an NC-17, specifically citing, of all things in that orgy scene, the pubic hair on the scrotum of the flatbread character. <laughs> that was their biggest hang-up. And once that was removed... Then they give this an R rating. Okay, now it's okay. Now now it's not as offensive. You can downgrade it. Everything else is fine. <laughs> Nothing else was as offensive as that pubic hair. It's almost like the whole movie was made, like they just, this was the idea that they had and they made the movie around this orgy scene. Because they right, really went the all seed? at this. What? Was that the seed of the whole idea? It's like, no, what but I had a ma- movie about... I just imagined Seth Rogen. Uh, I, uh, you made a comment earlier, Jordan, about being in on the inside joke and being out mm-hmm. of it. I think that's a lot of, and that and I. This is the end. Pineapple Express. I think that's when the inside joke works, and those are and it's a very entertaining movie. And I, uh, Sausage Party, and the interview is when the inside joke doesn't work. I think it just like. Seth Rogen has the doors opening for him and the studio's like, what do you want to make next? And he is like getting high with his friend, Evan Goldberg. He's like, what if we interviewed Kim Jong-il or Un? And they're like, yeah, what about an R-rated animated movie? And they're like, let's do it. And 
he keeps like it works because he keeps uh, bringing in money. Right. But I, uh, yeah, no, it just didn't. This one is just like, yeah. Uh, it's not that I was like outside of the joke. It's just like I just didn't find it a majority of them funny. I feel like the joke is I'm I'm hanging out with like fourteen year olds. Yeah, yeah. I mean, one apropos scene is when they're with the firewater character. And they're just kind of passing around the pipe and getting stoned. I mean, the characters, that character in particular and his buddies get stoned throughout the whole movie as they're telling these stories. And it seemed to me, like I imagine the writing room was exactly the same way. It's interesting thinking about this, um, uh, the interview one. It's like, yeah, this and the interview are both movies that kind of are mainly interesting because of one scene or the controversy around them i think the interview was like the killing of the dictator which this is kind of the sausage party at the end um and it's not really like the whole movie around it it's kind of like you're saying like just getting to that point and then you see it and yeah it's like is this as big of payoff did did i need to watch you know 90 minutes like could this have been different i don't know was it worth it in the end to sit all that to sit through all of that Right, I mean, the interview was probably the most controversial thing they did because, right, it was getting pulled from theaters and there was, like, this whole boycott with it. That that was crazy. And it wound up being more disappointing for me. I think the interview, I, I sat through that and I was like, this all fuss over this? I thought yeah, that was exactly. even weaker than Sausage Party. Uh, with with this, at least, I, don't know, it, I feel like it pays off for some people. If you're really into this kind of humor, I think the, the people who do like this really, really like this because it is so niche. Uh, and it's really in your face about it, too. I mean, for other people who went in and didn't know about this movie, and at first they thought it was, like, a kid's movie, you should know, first of all, from the title, Sausage Party. Like, who would name a children's movie Sausage Party? And the rating. The rating and also. The rating is our – I mean, there's tons – the internet. Like, there's no excuse not to know what this movie's about, and, to, and there's no reason why you should take your kids to see this. But also, the animation – is so ugly right like it's it's intentionally very crude looking like all the characters have like crooked teeth right and mm-hmm. then like all their faces are kind of bug-eyed like half the characters half which are food characters half of them look like they're on crack for most of the movie right it's it's like this very um kind of like overly stylized way of animating it which it may, for me makes it a little unpleasant to watch because i, I don't know like the imagery is uh not just not even when like there's something sexual happening or something gross happening just like in general the style was it was a turnoff which is intentional but uh you know almost too effective wait 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 you've been to the great beyond great my asshole everything we've ever known is a dirt covered pile of shit jacking off in our fucking faces covering our eyes with their cum so cum covered we can't fucking see we don't know we don't know they're jerking off into our eyes, our faces. Dude, shut up. The gods are going to hear you talking about them. gods. They're monsters, horrible, ugly, disgusting monsters. They ain't going to get honey mustard twice. Fuck you, gods! We'd be, if we didn't mention it, but the the animation, com- the animated company that did this, uh, they also ended up doing the Adams Family animated movies later on. But oh, I can see that. Yeah, they went through like, and this this definitely puts like a dark cloud over this movie. The animation, the animators were put under such rigorous. This was the fastest animated movie ever, I think, made. I, I think Bill Hader said that, or like they rushed this. 
like they premiered it they premiered like a rough cut at south by southwest and then they rushed it to completion and a lot of these animators worked overtime and the like they were threatened on being like if they didn't do their job they were threatened with being blacklisted like it's definitely a dark i think they sue like it's definitely that dark cloud and it kind of it the animation's not bad for i think this is the studio's first movie they were they i was reading about it. they were excited to make an r-rated animated movie but they were put i think animators in general maybe the lower you know if you're not disney or something you're kind of working so long and getting so underpaid and this I think this definitely shines a light on that. But yeah, no, it, it definitely kind of shows the rushness of it kind of shows in the movie. I, at least I was able. Well, yeah, to to be specific, uh, they were forced to work overtime without Oh, pay, my God. I didn't have overtime. That's awful. And if they did not do that, then they would be blacklisted and not credited in the film, in the credits. That's what I had read. And yeah, that also like further further taints it. And you're right because it's a smaller studio and it's gonna have a lower budget. They're going to try to push a tighter timeline, you know, get them working under under less desirable conditions, right? All that kind of stuff. And I'm not I'm not dumping on the quality of the animation itself. I'm saying they made a choice for this more kind of crude visual look, which for 90 minutes feels like too much to look at this world. I did not want to be in this world for that long. No, I hope they they made it right because I also saw um, when I was looking up that it was like up until I think 2020, this was like the highest rating R-rated animated film, I believe. So there's there was money there and the animators definitely should be getting it because they had to draw this. Right. Crap. I mean, it's... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I mean, at one point they actually did animate crap on the sidewalk, and it's just that That's was like true, such a low point corn. for me. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Um, but I mean, there is there is a market for adult animation, right? I mean, like Adult Swim, for example, they've had like so many shows, and that's short form, like like so many Adult Swim shows, which have like crude humor. Those are like fifteen minute episodes, right? Like it's it's like so short and economic, and maybe that's why that works a little better. Uh, but there is like a desire. I mean, with with maybe to bring it to like a, a larger medium, like film. I mean, you, just because animation is for adults too doesn't mean it has to be like gross out or really sexual or nasty. You can have maybe more like uh, like if you look at some anime films, like um, uh, what's the one like um, uh, Akira, right? Like that's mm-hmm. an animated film, but it's like action packed. It's like stylistic. It's beautiful, but it also can be you know, violent in its action. So not for kids content wise or visually, but at the same time, it's not like exploitive or gross out. It's just like at a level you'd see maybe with adult live action films, but just done in an animated way. So, you know, it's, it's like, I don't want this to be like the definitive adult animated film, right? Like it's just, it's one corner of what is a lot more potential for that. Oh God, you're uh, like, you're, you're really right. And the fact that we could have gotten such a better, like this movie was clearly, and this kind of also makes me go. Uh, it, it's definitely an fu to Pixar and DreamWork for the formula. Like you, they even have they even a, have Dixar yeah. on one of the cars of uh, like the bumper yep. stickers, and it's clearly like, all right, what if food had ideas? Same way as Pixar. You got Alan Menken doing. Actually, I really enjoyed the song because Alan Menken wrote the lyrics, and but I you you're, you're kind of taking that formula and saying this sucks or it's definitely an fu and i just think if you kind of 
not embraced it, but reimagined it in a different way. You could have made, you could have had a really epic quote, like R rated movie, but then it settled for every crude joke under the bus and that's okay. But it's ended once again, juvenile. Yeah. Well, you could have done maybe a, a parody of Pixar films that was done as more of an homage. Like you start out and you kind of tap into like, oh, we do like this stuff, but we are going to do, uh, you know, a, a different take yeah. on on this kind of storytelling. That would be different. But instead, yeah, the fact that it is kind of mean spirited and almost um, spiteful in a way is is a bit of a turnoff. It's like if you look at, for example. Like the the South Park guys, right? Like um, Matt Stone and Trey Parker, when they do, for example, Book of Mormon, that is not an fu to Mormonism. It's like a love letter to religion in general, just with some like, you know, uh, spicier language, you know, done in like the South Park style, but done more so in an infectious way, in in a way that gets you more into it and involved. It's not a way that kind of like um, is meant to, you know, it could be offensive too, but it's 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 done more in a way that is like. It warms on you. This this kind of this kind of like pushes you. Well, away it's also with, adding with how aggressive it is. It's also adding like Matt uh, Trey Parker is a lover of musical theater, and even South Park the movie adds to like has such a musical theater element to it, um, and of course, like it adds to the genre rather than gives a finger to it. Well, you can tell they're inspired by what they're parroting. They're not like pissed off by it or they're not uh, spiteful yeah. about it. Whereas this and like in sausage party, there's no, there's no love there. It is, it is like, I think what you would get if you ask like uh, someone immature, like a, a middle schooler to do a parody of, of Pixar. And like, I, you know, I, I like am imagining some, some jaded 13 year old Seth Rogen who's brought to too many animated films as a kid and is like so tired of it that he comes up with this idea just to be like you know f you to like his parents or something that's that's the kind of immaturity i'm getting here with um nick kroll's douche character yeah um so uh that made me i kept kind of thinking about big mouth and i i guess because he's essentially doing uh, like lola's yeah. voice is, <laughs> yes is, is the exactly douche. so um lola no i just kept yeah, I kept thinking of it and being like that that that's good. It's it might even be at times more crude than this movie, but it's it's just I think smarter and mm-hmm. it's like it's like a better evolution of this. So I don't know if maybe he took thoughts from that and, and applied it to to the Big Mouth, but I feel like you know, I I could see Big Mouth being, you know, an hour and a half they have a movie and there's nothing you know, it's good. So Right, yeah, it would be yeah. fine. I, that's a good point because this comes out maybe a couple years before Big Mouth, because Big Mouth just recently premiered its fifth season, and I was definitely getting that voice from Nick Kroll. Is is like his bread and butter to do this kind of voice. It's it's so funny, and I enjoy Big Mouth. I'm not as crazy about it as I used to be because I also feel like that kind of that kind of humor, you know, goes goes a long way in a short amount of time. It's definitely reaching, yeah, I mean, five seasons. It's, it's reaching you know, like, the end of it. I don't know how much longer they can go on. Even the most recent season premiere I was watching, I was like, holy crap. It's the kind of content, both the Sausage Party and Big Mouth, that asks you, is it possible to go too far? Right? And before, 
I've ever seen Sausage Party, my answer was definitively no. You can never go too far. You should never put a cap on that. After watching Sausage Party, I still say no. You can't go too far, but I'm not as confident in my answer. <laughs> there are times where this movie made me kind of second guess myself a little bit like, huh, maybe you shouldn't do some of this kind of stuff. Uh, and same thing watching watching Big Mouth at times too, especially the most recent season premiere. It's like almost like they 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 it's like they're pushing their luck a little bit. It's like all right, all right, like you know, I, I'm not gonna be the Debbie Downer here, but uh, you know, you're testing my patience a little I bit. St- but with Big Mouth though, I they still surprise me with like the clever writing. Like I'm still like, oh okay, they're not, uh, you know, how far how far can this show go? But I'm still laughing like there are some very well, clever the jokes in it's there. funny yeah. even when i think like wow like they're really going far this time it's still funny and i mean if anything a lot of the humor for me comes in the dialogue like some of these unexpected little moments that run on in the scenes where i get a sense that the voice actors are improving a bit and uh you get some like really funny character work there like i, I will laugh like the characters are likable in big mouth that even when crazy shit is happening you know, you, you, it's still funny. You can track the characters in Sausage Party. Like, I don't, like, what are even these characters anyway? They're so all of them are so off-putting. Like, you know, Seth Rogen's sausage character. It's so gross to see the like the little arms with the glove hands and stuff. Like, it's an obvious Mickey Mouse reference, but that's kind of weird. And this hot dog bun design. This hot these hot dog buns. Like, Kristen Wiig plays one of them. It is so jarring with this sideways mouth it is like such like a it's you might as well just had a talking vagina the whole movie it's the it's the same thing it just really bugged the crap out of me whenever she was on screen yeah i really did not like the way it looked and to the point where at one time watching it i was like why couldn't they just have it the other way around i mean obviously you know like you're saying it's supposed to be a talking vagina but it like it's it's jarring to see the mouth go the other way and like split the symmetry so and if they did it the other way then there'd be like a butt i don't know an opening of a butt is yeah like whatever like you know yeah. maybe the mouth's on the other or the face is on the other side I, I don't know uh but they were definitely going for like that like overly it's not even an innuendo it's just like a direct you know like imagery there that uh you know exactly what they're going for but like leave a little bit to the imagination i don't know obviously subtlety is not what they were going for but the joke lasted as long as again, the poster just... i mean like with like it, it, yes it's like oh that's kind of funny that's unique hot dogs hot dog buns you can, like the poster is him you know moving up uh but uh i think with the with the benefit of big mouth is we are watching these characters grow john mulaney and nick Kroll are doing the voice but i they are like they envelop those characters seth rogan's playing seth rogan as a hot dog like there it is very no there's Ed Norton is the only one, or and the falafel, or not the falafel, but they're the only ones doing characters. Kristen Wiig is a woman who does amazing character work. Is just doing Kristen Wiig. Jonah Hill, uh, M- Michael Sarah is basically playing Michael Sarah. And where it, I, I'm going to keep going back to this is the end. Like they're playing themselves a little bit, like exaggerated, but they're also making fun of themselves, which added to it too. This is just I uh, I read that Nick Kroll uh, the douche was going to be like a completely different character and they changed it into like a douche body bo- bottle service character and Nick Kroll just came in and did 4 hours worth of line readings and that was the job. And granted that's really cool, but I also don't think we needed a villain in this movie or at least like I didn't care for any of 
his scenes. And that's no offense to Nick Kroll. I just, I, I'm like, oh, this is, it's feeling like a two hour movie in a half hour movie. Right. It's 90 minutes, but it feels longer. I, I kind of enjoyed the, the douche part just because I really like Nick Kroll and I was enjoying his, he was great. The more plot so itself than... around him was, more... yeah. Right. Obviously you don't need that like plot wise, but again, uh, the, I needed some actual things to laugh at and I definitely wasn't getting that from, you know, like the Seth Rogen hot dog character or anything. In fact, you know, it's kind of funny. Seth Rogen and Jonah Hill have both done a really good amount of voice work for DreamWorks films, right? If you look back, I think you have Seth Rogen in movies like Monsters vs. Aliens and also in like the Kung Fu Panda series. Jonah Hill is a character in the How to Train Your Dragon series. He's like, I think, done some stuff before that too. And I like throughout, you know, this is when they were getting really popular too with their live action movies. And it was like such a DreamWorks thing to get in like A-list stars. And I think Seth Rogen and Jonah Hill, they took turns doing these DreamWorks films because the DreamWorks studio, I think, thought they'd be a good way to bring in that more cynical like teenage audience or something like bring in their their demographic that likes their movies. But again, they would just do their own voice. They're not doing a character like when you hear the i think it's like the cricket in kung fu panda that it's just seth rogan there's there's like nothing else to it really they just want his voice to add a little sense of cynicism to an otherwise overly family cutesy movie uh you know that's like their basic formula so it's funny that then they would go on to do this and kind of like turn back <laughs> on those movies and uh it's like hey like you know you have your part in those as well what um what has been done since this one by that crew? Has there been movies? Uh, well, actually, they think in 2017 you had a drama, actually. You had, well, the dramedy, the disaster artist, right? Was that in 2017? Uh, 2017, that 2018. Was, um, I would put that in the crew. There's so many, like, all their friends. Well, yeah, yeah, Seth Rogen yeah. and James Franco. You know, they're in, the, they're in that there. And, like, a bunch of other people you usually see in, in smaller roles make appearances. And yeah, I like the disaster artist fine, even though I, you know, because I, I love the room, so I was gonna, I was gonna like the disaster artist, okay. Uh, but then after the disaster artist, yeah, I'm not really sure. That's why I think like their their reign of like the the comedic movie makers is is over basically at this point. Because I don't know how many other movies they're making. I I think that you know, maybe some clunkers that have come and gone that don't stick around as much seth rogan has kind of grown up before our very eyes and the fact that he's kind of a he's graying and he he looks great i think he's starting a podcast soon he wrote a book but he's also uh him and his uh partner evan goldberg they're pretty they have a keen eye for producing like uh i think their most current hit is the boys but they i when their names have popped up they're kind of taking a executive producer producer role um with their movies I th and i think seth rogan his uh, he did one with charlie's throne which was all right it was like i think he dated the president or he was babysat right. by the president and uh that was all right but i think he's kind of he had his like reign at the box office and i think now he, he he's not yeah, floundering. yeah. he's kind of he's exploring his options yeah maybe just stepping back Maybe maybe he is just really now focusing on producing more because I've actually from different interviews and podcasts I listened to Seth Rogen had solidified himself as a reputable producer. I mean all those comedies he made he was producing as well 
and he's gotten involved in other things. And so, um, so yeah, like maybe that's just something he enjoys more now. I, I like they probably it's all moved on to different kinds of projects. Jonah Hill has done things outside the group, right? Like, so maybe um, they just want to move on to do different things. And so, I mean, I I would applaud that because uh, as much as I enjoy like the height of their filmography as a group, it definitely by 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 twenty sixteen by Sausage Party, uh, it, it was definitely getting more hit yeah. and miss. Mm-hmm. Right. I like. I think. Um, if I had to pick one of my favorites from that from that group, I think like Twenty One Jump Street is one of the favorites that come out of that era, right? I think that was like one of the most popular ones. I kind of I like Neighbors I think they a had, lot. They, they um, had a good yeah. one out uh, out of the bat with uh, Superbad. Right. No, yeah, that that's what started the whole thing, right? Superbad was a huge hit when I was in high school. It's like everyone was talking about. And then Pineapple Express, I think, was also a really big hit the very next year. Like they were just coming out with all these movies, knocked up. Also with Superbad, though, uh, like I have no problem with Seth Rogen voicing like he doesn't need to do a character. He can be Seth Rogen. But the character's motivation is I just want to have sex like that. And we've seen that with Superbad. Yeah. Like, and he like, I want to have sex and get high. And I mean, that is all right for an adult animated comedy. But I think it's just. Once again, I've seen it before with Superbad where it was done very – it was done a lot better and more refined. That, like, I don't know. It was – it felt more movie. Well, like the point – the point of like Superbad and also I'd say Pineapple Express is to get beyond that. It's like, wait a minute. All we want is to either get stoned or to have sex or do these very surface-level things. And the clever twist a lot of those earlier comedies was, wait a minute, like – we could be yeah. so much more than that. Let's let's grow up. Basically, let's grow up. And so it's kind of disappointing then when you get a movie like this where it's like, no, we're not going to grow up. We're actually just going to stay at that level here. I mean, I guess the other the other motivation for the Seth Rogen character, like he wants to get the word out and dispel the religion. But again, I guess the motivation behind that is eventually to lead to having sex with the hot a hot dog bun character right like i guess it all leads back to that at the end of the day it's a little unclear why he needs to go on the loudspeaker and tell everyone that it's a lie it's not yeah i'm not sure why i guess because then there's like that interesting scene where they're like taking the supermarket back they kill the customers. Yeah, <laughs> I thought that was so. Can you imagine being a customer just minding your own business, buying food, and all of a sudden the food kills you? I thought that would be something you could do something like a a, a short comedic horror film where that's happening. But in the context of this movie, I'm like, I don't know if I'm rooting for these like food characters that are just killing innocent shoppers going about their day. I thought that was so crazy. We're out of the package. It's beautiful, man. It's just beautiful. I'm crying. I'm crying because it's so pretty here. Stretch your legs with me, Carl. Just do it, man. Oh, yes. Yes. I'm the first to enter eternity. Oh, potato. Way to go, buddy. That's my guy. Hands of a god. <laughs> oh, Danny boy, the pipes, the pipes are caught. What is this movie trying to say? If it's trying to say, like the critics, the critics got something out of this that I'm just like, it, like they use the word liked profound, it. and I'm just like, all right, they're okay. We have an idea <laughs> about religion, but then. 
is religion a lie well, or it like it, it exists like the gods exist but it's like get we get along if we didn't have it or if we had like what is it really trying to say and then they're like we don't know let's all have sex Right. It's like really basic stuff where, oh, well, religion has been used to perpetuate harmful things, uh, you know, and then like they show like, you know, like, oh, God hates figs or like mm-hmm. the, the Hitler German sauce thing. Right. Like, OK, like, yes, yes. Like, we know all that. But is this going to add anything to it besides with the food metaphor? No. Again, with the with the scene where he's announcing on the loudspeaker, like religion's a lie and all the food reacts differently to it. And it's supposed to be a reflection of. I guess how Americans react when their religion's under attack, but uh, again, I, I'm aware of all this already. I, I don't need this to to remind me about it. Uh, it's right. It's it's kind of like uh, weird to me that the the critics would find this profound because I, I don't really think that they're com- coming in with any different kind of perspective on this. Yeah, it's amazing that we like. I, I'm just thinking like between that and. I'm like I I forgot that Selma Hayek was in this movie and I didn't get I didn't yeah but like a taco <laughs> kind of clever but also like you know oh my god she, the the jump is good but it lands on uh you know it's a belly flop it's just so used to like okay she wants uh, the taco like I like we get it that's all that character is there for it doesn't add anything except maybe from point B to point C and it's just right right. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's interesting to me, too, that this is not the first animated film, actually, to do uh, an idea about a supermarket where the food is alive. There is this notoriously horrible movie called, um, oh, it was like a clunker. Hold on. I'm going to look this up real quick. I always, like, had this in the back of my head. Uh, it's this movie called Food Fight. That's it. Food Fight. It's like this. Just look into this. It's It's like this independent animated movie it's possibly the worst animation ever made in the history of mankind and it has like really bizarre cast members like it has like charlie sheen posts crazy it has like wayne brady and hillary duff and it's it's uh i a half-baked idea of characters in a supermarket who are alive and like they have their like supermarket society or something and this was but this was before um this this, is before okay this was I think this was something that was in like development and had, and then it was like on a shelf for a long time before finally being. Is it an ad? Is it like a lot? Like I'm looking at the poster right now, and you got Mr. Twinkie and the the pelican on the. What's so funny about it? They they like on the poster they have very identifiable actual brand mascots like Mr. Clean and stuff, or like uh, Sorry Charlie the tuna guy. But none of those are actually in the movie for more than like a second. They actually are like, if you look in the corner, the actual main characters are there. I just bring this up because it's just a weird concept to me. Like food characters that are alive and in the supermarket. And, and I, I, don't, I don't, even as a parody, I don't think it works because it's, it's so bizarre. But it's been done genuinely and it's been done in this satirical way, both to, um, you know, to me, like subpar results. But uh, yeah, that's just, if you look up like reviews, don't watch the whole thing, but there's funny uh, people on the internet who've watched the whole thing of Food Fight and reviewed it for us. So take a look into See, that I'm if you're curious. I'm looking at the poster going and my head is working. I'm like, I know it's awful and it looks awful, but the idea of it, it's like, you could probably say something about like advertising. Like that is the, me- that is the satire you can go. And I'm like, why? <laughs> we have such good, I- we have such good concepts. Like, like people have created 
interesting ideas while stoned. Why is there no good follow through or good execution? Right. Like you would think after you sober up, you would take a look at your ideas you came up with when you were stoned <laughs> and maybe flesh them out in a smarter way. I would I would hope. I basically to me Sasha's party is a stoner comedy like so many other yeah. of these Seth Rogen films that maybe you have to be stoned to enjoy. I'm I'm not really sure. Maybe the critics were because the critics are also saying in the consensus that there's a high laugh to gag ratio, which I disagree. I, I mean, it's tough because humor is subjective, right? Some people find things funny that I don't. That's that's fine. But for so many critics to find this funny, I, I really I'm lost on that. Like what specific jokes did they find that are so funny? Cause it's, it's very repetitive. If anything, it's like the same jokes over and over again. Like these gags, like what do they even mean? These gags, because like you're saying, it's like, it's just repeated. It's like you get a new food introduced and okay, well now it's, it's, it's exactly what that food is. Kind of like. Right. It's like, it's like, Oh, now we're in the Mexican food aisle with, we meet the taco and there's like some Rero's and mariachi and stuff that are going on. A fiesta and then they go to what else they go? i think there's also the asian food aisle mm-hmm. right i mean there's i guess a level of offensiveness with the ethnic stereotypes where if you go so far that you can't take it seriously enough to be offended by it right is that the level that they're going for that maybe the critics are reading into it like that because uh, i for me if you're going to do a racial stereotype you have to do something interesting with it to justify it and like you said, I don't see anything being interesting done with the stereotypes besides, like, this is where this food is from, and now it looks like the people that are yeah. from there, or at least the stereotype version it, of the people it's from It's kind of clever. That is the scene. I'll give it, like, it's kind of clever with a lowercase k and c, because it's like, okay, you got Craig Robinson, like, the only black guy in the cast, and he's Grits, and you got uh, the, the Twinkie Twink. And you've got Firewater, which I'm like, is that like is they could have come up with something. I'm like, is this Fireball? It, like, I had no idea. But Bill, it, it, it's, it looked to me to be like some sort of long begone Native American based alcohol. Yeah, but like Bill Hader Firewater? is doing a Native American. And I'm like, OK, everyone is you're probably right, JJ. If you lean into the stereotype, if you lean into like Krauts being like sauerkraut being the Germans, uh it wraps around to be like, oh, this is actually clever. Like, this is real. Like, they, it's not, it's offensive. It's, like, it's too offensive to be offensive. That's what I'm saying. Like, you take it so far that it can't be taken seriously for people to be like, boycott Sausage Party or we're going to cancel Seth Rogen. It's, it's too far down that line for anyone to think he's being sincere that people are really like this. But, well, I don't know how prevalent that stuff was i mean i think i think 2016 was about the beginning of of where people would be boycotting and canceling so i guess it's an interesting Mm. question to say would they or or would they face more controversy if they released it now i wonder yeah did they just get this in right in time before before 2016 election i don't know when, when exactly it came out or right because even just five years later is this already a movie that you couldn't make now that's interesting to me because five years ago, I guess a lot, you know, a lot's gone on in the last five years in our in our climate of, you know, of our society. I think here. they'd be grandfathered in. I think it, I think it's kind of like it's like trying to be offended by South Park. It's just like if someone's yeah. offended by South Park, I'm like, really? And I think Seth Rogen, it's I mean, 
he is uh i think he you know he's doing it just to be funny and i think he's not like laughing i he, i think he's not laughing at he's like hey uh, uh, equally opportune offender. Everyone's everyone's getting offended from the Christians right. to the Muslims to the Jews. Everyone's everyone's getting offended. So he's done it before, and I think he's just uh, he would be grandfathered in. But, sure. Uh, I don't think I would see the movie in theaters now, like I did before, though. You saw it in theaters. I did. I did. I was. I was. I'm. I'm very fascinated and happy for Seth Rogen's career. And I think, yeah, in the beginning, like between Superbad, this is, the, I was really, I really enjoyed this as the end. I think making it, that is the absolute best version of making a movie with your friends, playing yourself in a crazy situation. And it was a, a critic audience financial success. And okay. They're like, you know, I like neighbors. Everyone's kind of, and they didn't need a sequel. It, it kind of i think when things started to become hit or miss he went into producing he actually is a good pretty good dramatic actor he played a good steve wozniak he's in the new he's going to be in the new steven spielberg biopic movie i think uh i think he's had an interesting career so i was interested having i think seth rogan was it made sense at the time for him to make a movie like this i just think there was no i think the execution was i walked out i watched a movie I'm going to go into the, yeah, uh, you know, I'm going to go to the Chicken Express or something. <laughs> leaves your mind immediately, I'm sure. I mean, there's maybe a danger, too, that if they didn't step back and maybe get into other things and, you know, producing other kinds of projects, there might have been a danger that they turn into the Adam Sandler crew. Where they're, or Eddie they, Murphy. They crank out, crank out so many comedies that are just inside jokes for you and your friends that, like, only your diehard fans will now go to see your movies. And might, that might be enough to make a profit but now you really push everyone away and you're basically churning out the same kind of content over and over and over again. Cause when's the last time any of us saw an Adam Sandler movie in, in the theater? I, I don't know. Yeah. So that's, that's yeah. the danger there. Lend me your ears uh, of corn. I am Frank and, and, and I am a sausage, a little sausage with some pretty big news. Everything we've been led to believe is a lie. When we get chosen by the gods, they're choosing us for death, murder, automatic expiration. The great beyond is bullshit. So <laughs> Sausage Party, thankfully, is a 90-minute movie. It felt longer, but it's not too long. So I think we can um, also like put an end to it being in our minds by uh, wrapping up our conversation here. <laughs> and uh, I think... You know, Jordan, if you can start us off here, what would be like you're like, you know, your final take on, on Sausage Party and your percentage score? Yeah. Uh, my final take would be I am on the negative side of the division. Uh, and I would say that my final score would be, I would say 30%. Wow, even yeah. lower than the audience. Yes, yeah, I would say they were they were a bit too too kind to it. Um. Wow. <laughs> okay. Okay. Oh, no, I like it. I like the stronger opinions. Uh, but okay, and then uh, Keith. Uh, I think with if you want a good laugh, go look at the audience reviews for this. I think that I think you'll get more laughs out of this movie than looking at that. 
Um, but that's not to say this movie doesn't have laughs or it's – I think there is stuff to like about this movie, but it's it, it falls flat and because of that, it doesn't stick in your mind or it could have been a memorable animated movie and it just isn't. And also with that dark cloud of the animation studio lingering over it, you know what? I'm going to give it – I think – I'll give it the audience score. Maybe not for some of the reasons the audience gave it, but there are some in there that understand why they are giving it a a 50. I'm going to give it a 50. Okay, that's fair. And, you know, when you mentioned the audience score, and I was reading through these audience comments, you're absolutely right. It's funnier than anything in the movie. Uh, I mean, a lot of things are like, this is too inappropriate. I saw one comment that was like, oh, they should have made this more like a VeggieTales. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I love that. Uh, oh, and then I saw, oh, this comment has to be one of my favorite comments of any movie of all time. It's, uh, I blame this movie for every tragedy that has ever befallen and ever will fall on the human race. That we allowed this to happen is an affront to the powers of good. So we're being punished and rightfully so. <laughs> <laughs> wow. That's the, the strongest opinion I've ever heard. I, I kind of feel that way. I had a reaction like that when I saw the movie Cats, you know, the live oh, action <laughs> Cats. I blamed that movie for all the human tragedies. So that's how they feel about this. Uh, I mean, to be fair, I laughed a couple times in this movie. And like I said, there's potential there. But ultimately, I'm more put off by the wasted potential and what this might shoehorn adult animation into which I don't want to see. So I would give this uh, a 48%. Mm-hmm. So what what is our average score there, Keith? A 42. A 42.6, but... <laughs> which yeah. it, okay. I think that's fair. I think, I think that works in the 40s. Yeah, that feels about right in the right range there. So on the movie Sausage Party, I hereby declare that we are siding with the audience. Uh you know, the, the one word, too, that came to my mind, I just remembered to mention, is excess. This movie is very excessive, right? Especially with, like, that orgy scene. It's, like, it's too much. It's too much they do. They do. It goes on and on and on. Uh, but I guess, again, that reminded me of, like, you know, it's Thanksgiving. It's also about excess. We're going to eat a lot of food. <laughs> and Hopefully we're not old curmudgeons. Sex. We're not old curmudgeons. I hope someone, re- like, if, if someone liked this movie and they're just like, oh, you guys are old farts. I hope one day you'll understand what we mean <laughs> we all turn into old farts okay Wait, you know what talking about thanksgiving it just maybe remember one scene from it uh with the meatloaf where the meatloaf is meatloaf the singer. that was clever but also i don't know when was bad out of hell like the 80s so it's like who was that joke for a little bit like oh what about yeah like in terms of outdated jokes what about when they just do the recreation of the saving private ryan scene uh, when the cart crashes, I mean, like, I thought okay, that maybe was a clever, clever idea, too, but that's my but that's humor. a movie at the time. That movie was like almost twenty years 20 old. Years old. Yeah. <laughs> like that's, that's an outdated reference, uh, but you know, it, I guess it kind of works. I've seen that that particular scene reference many, many times in the same way. I'm all for reference um, puns. Like I, I thought like the, the Oreo lifting itself. Look, if that's where I got the laughs out of the movie, that's where it got okay. out of me. Okay, now fair enough. I mean, if people enjoy it, I'm gl- I'm glad for them because uh, you know I wish I could enjoy it as much as other as some other people did. Uh, but okay, but uh, thanks Jordan yeah, for thank joining for us me. today 
on uh, on Sausage Party. Hopefully, if we get you on again, it'll be a movie that you do like and that you did laugh. <laughs> if it's if it is a comedy. Yeah, for sure. Uh, but uh, to everyone there, uh, I hope that you enjoy your Thanksgiving, that your food does not come to life and kill you and have an orgy afterwards. Uh, I'm sure it'll be a fine, safe, wholesome Thanksgiving for all of us. So uh, enjoy that, guys, and then look out for more Divided Films soon. Thanks a lot. Bye. Bye.